Welcome to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. The book of Colossians in the New Testament has been our focus, and as the last few weeks have unfolded, we have heard and read about and hopefully gone home thinking about yet again God's love and faithfulness extended to us. We have heard how he has been delivered. He has delivered us out of spiritual darkness, the stuff not of him, and instead shown us another way, the light, the path to his Son. We have heard that he has allowed us through Jesus to be filled and sealed by the Holy Spirit. He forgave us, rescued us, restored, delivered, and set us free by cancelling out the signed decrees against us, Colossians 2, verse 14. And today we finish the series, signed, sealed, delivered, with the response, I'm yours. We respond and we say, I'm yours. I'm excited about this. Are you? (laughs) Good. I get to conclude the series, and the flashing headline today is, I'm yours. What a privilege. What does it mean to say, I'm yours? What does that look like in your day? In my week, can you say, can I say, I'm yours, God, 100%? Or does it look like I'm yours just on a Sunday or just when I've got a few spare moments? What does it mean I'm yours when I'm at home with my family, rubbing shoulders with those I live with, those I have to share the bathroom with, have to be patient with? in my workplace, in your workplace, amongst your friends who you want to be accepted by? Does my response to someone who annoys me speak that I'm yours? Do we say I'm yours when ill health hits? And do we say I'm yours when everything is going well? Let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are our God, and we thank you for your word, your living word, that we come here each week to open, to read together, and to learn more of you. Father, I pray that you would show us each today a fresh revelation from your word, that we would open our hearts, that we would listen, our ears and eyes would be open, God, and we would hear what you have to say for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm sorry, I've been a bit unwell, and I may stop and drink water a bit. (laughs) On 3rd of March, 1979, I said a very excited, I'm yours, to my Murray Campbell over there, as he asked for my hand in marriage. I said, yes, I want to be yours. That day, a decision was made, which resulted that same year in October, where we signed up before God, family, and friends. We made it legal. 
we sealed the deal and delivered a, a kiss upon each other at the altar. <laughs> I'm yours. And off we skipped to Huntley in our Holden V8. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> in 1982 and 1985 and again in 88, I excitedly said, I'm yours, we are yours to our three treasured sons as they came into the world. I'm yours, your mum, and I'm, we are, going to be committed to you. Couldn't believe the love we felt as each one arrived. I'm yours, relationship began. Way prior, though, to saying I'm yours in marriage and to children arriving, I had the revelation and I, need, I knew I needed to say, I'm yours to Jesus. At age nine, over 50 years ago now, God reached into my heart, revealed himself to me in a simple way that I could understand, and a decision was made. I clearly knew I needed to say sorry for things I'd done wrong. I understood that he forgave and would continue to if I repented. I understood that at that, at that young age that asking him into my life was a big thing, an important decision that would affect my life. I understood that at nine. I was saying, I'm yours. Looking back, I see that by saying I'm yours helped me and continues to help me through life. The best decision, the best person ever to say, I'm yours too. I appreciate that sitting here today in this room, we are all on different journeys and have had different experiences. You may personally know God really well, or you may just know him a little or maybe this faith in Jesus and the thought of saying to him, I'm yours, is not something you're so sure about. Please know that wherever you are at today, you are welcome here in this place. We warmly welcome you. We encourage you on making a decision to come today. And our prayer would be that you would feel at home here, that you would feel comfortable to talk to us, to ask questions if needed, that you would feel that you belong here and that you are valued. Please know that if you're in that category today. Colossians chapter 3. This chapter in my new international version is titled Living as Those Made Alive in Christ. Great title. Paul is about to give instruction, encouraging, urging us to live as those made alive in Christ. I invite you to open your Bibles to Colossians 3, and let's listen to this chapter now as Iris is coming to read it. This is living word. This is wise counsel. Thank you, Iris. She's going to read verses 1 to 17. All right. This um, chapter 3 in my Bible is headed Rules for Holy Living. 
Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ, with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs in your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways, in the life you once lived, but now you must rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek nor Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive whatever grievances you may have against one another. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as the members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish, admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. And whatever you do, whether at word or do, deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Amen. Thank you, Iris. <clears throat> A long chapter to read. This chapter opens. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, 
where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. Since meaning, because you have been raised with Christ, this is now the expected thing. Set your hearts on things above. If we have made the choice to follow after him, we have said, I'm yours. So we need to take heed, listen up, and live, live this way, setting our minds on things above. Verse 5, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. These are words you've just heard read, and I'm repeating them again. Sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. Verse 7, you used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself also of these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. This verse is reminding us that's the life we used to live, but now in Christ more is expected. I'm yours, and the rules are different. We are to die to the old life and put on the new. We are to fix our minds focused like someone training seriously in a sport. As believers, we are to seek the things above, seek his ways with passion and desire. Verse 9 reads, Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge and the image of its creator. I know you're hearing it again, but they're big verses, aren't they? With a lot of, with a lot required of us. Verse 12, therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Okay, so this is daily stuff, right? <laughs> this really is rubber hitting the road. And maybe we can all identify with this. Compassion. Kindness, ouch, sometimes it's not so easy, is it? Humility, gentleness, and yeah, that patience one. The word tells us we are to clothe ourselves with these things. Daily put them on like getting dressed. Put on some compassion. Slide into some kindness. Throw on humility. Pull up some gentleness and wrap around some patience. Scripture tells us to do it, not just think about it, daily. We're not to make light of this. And being obedient and clothing ourselves this way, and then actioning these things, we are saying, I'm yours. Verse 13, bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Not always easy, is it? We're not always willing. If someone has wronged us, there's that niggle there where we tell ourselves that it's okay to hang on to our hurt and feel sorry for ourselves. After all, they were in the wrong. <laughs> I sat with someone recently who told me emphatically they would never, and that she actually had that volume, never forgive someone for what they had said. The hurt was evident, it was raw, and tears flowed. 
I prayed with this person and asked God to help them forgive. You see, in our own strength, we sometimes struggle to move on, but with God in control, it makes all the difference. It truly does, but we have to do our part and surrender to him. It's okay to say, God, I'm struggling. I acknowledge this is really hard and it's in the too hard basket. Please help me. But then we have to step aside and allow, let, allow his help and him to work in the situation. Do you agree with that? It can be quite liberating to let go and let God. I know, I've tried both ways. And God wins, certainly. His way is the right way, just is. Clearly, in verse 13, the instruction is there. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. When we think of how Christ forgave us and continues to do so, it should make us much more generous with forgiveness. I'm yours means here that we are to live like we've been told to, forgiving one another, following the pattern of Jesus' forgiveness towards us. Understanding the way Jesus forgave us will always make us more generous with forgiveness and never less generous. I'm going to read that again. Understanding the way Jesus forgave us will always make us more generous with forgiveness and never less generous. And over all these virtues, verse 14, it reads, put on love which binds them all together in perfect unity. I'm yours. Does our behavior, the very way we treat others, depict clearly that we are a follower of Jesus Christ? Does our daily witness clearly show this? Do others know who we stand for, who we are following? Do others pick up an attitude of love in us and do our actions back them up? Does love radiate out to those we like and to those who think differently than we do? Rick Warren says, Our culture has accepted two huge lies. The first is that if you disagree with someone's lifestyle, you must fear or hate them. The second is that to love someone means you agree with everything they believe or do. Both are nonsense. You don't have to compromise convictions to be compassionate. Are you able to love like you've never been hurt? Over January, I read a book that had that title, Are You Able to Love Like You've Never Been Hurt? And it really challenged me. Even here in our church family, perhaps, are we able to love like we've never been hurt? Let's practice sacrificial love. Practice means to carry out, to apply, to do or perform often, to work at repeatedly so as to become proficient. Let's be a people who are proficient at loving others. Let's do this well, and in doing so, give God the glory. Daily extend compassion and kindness to others. Remain humble and show gentleness and have patience with each other. We all know, don't we, 
that when we are on the receiving end of compassion and kindness shown to us, it means so much, it encourages us and lifts our spirit. Just this last fortnight, practical kindness from this church family a few times over has arrived on our doorstep in the form of meals. And as I've been quite unwell, it has meant so much and I've so appreciated it and so has Murray that he hasn't had another egg on toast. (laughs) Phone calls and texts of concern have also come. And as a result of this coming to me, to us, I was thinking, what a beautiful thing kindness is. What a beautiful thing kindness is. Being considerate, showing affection, extending warmth, showing practical care and being tender. All actions do matter, don't they? Actions make a difference. Kindness was God's idea. He endorses it and wants us to share it around. In the book of Ruth, Ruth, a foreigner, shows great kindness to the mother of her late husband by telling her she will never leave her, knowing full well that there was nothing in it for her. Naomi tries to get her two grieving daughter-in-laws to turn back to what was familiar. Orpha finally turns back to her people, but Ruth clings to Naomi, saying, don't urge me to leave or turn back. Ruth 1 verse 14. Reluctantly, Naomi agreed and the two returned to Israel. As a result of that kindness, Ruth received an an eternal reward and earthly legacy, becoming the great-grandmother of King David. Perhaps you are facing a tough decision today. I would urge you to cling to truth. Cling to truth to kindness and see what God will do as a result of your obedience. Obedience always leads to peace. The last few verses I want to speak to, verses 15 to 17 say, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Wow. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. This requires an action. We have to follow, we have to allow the peace of Christ to rule in our hearts, to take control, to rule there all the time, not flip in and out as we ride the ups and downs in life. Rather, let let his peace be the constant governing factor in charge of our hearts. This comes about through a close relationship with him. It begins with us saying to him, I'm yours, and daily walking with him, knowing he is with us at all times, at every turn. Many folk here in this church whanau have been or are going through hard times. Each one of you matter and God knows what you are facing. As I prepared this message and came to this part, Margaret Wilkins kept coming to my mind. Many of you know Margaret, who regularly worships here. She's not here today, but she's given me permission to share this. Margaret is an example of someone who lives by, I'm yours. 
There's, I can hear murmurs and nodding and yeses being said. Totally sold out for God for many years, she is committed and has a close daily relationship with God. Dealing with her treasured unwell husband Robin was hard enough, but just on a year ago Margaret got news that she herself was not at all well. Test results returned with a very concerning diagnosis. The news hit hard, but Margaret dug deep into God and continues to do so as she allows Christ's peace to rule in her heart. It is evident she is doing this. Conversations had and texts sent indicate that she allows his peace to be the constant. I'm sure there are wavering moments for her, but I know others here who know Margaret better than I do would testify to her strong faith facing this daily situation. She knows well the scripture, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives, but as I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled or neither be dismayed. My peace I leave with you. That's found in John. She has allowed that scripture, God's living word, to take root. She speaks of God's goodness. She shares it willingly with others. She focuses on others and their needs, looking past her own. I admire greatly this lady who is positive and has told me that she thanks God every day for his mercies. Margaret said yesterday how well she feels and that the doctor is amazed how well she is doing. Praise God. There's prayer going on for that woman. Let's continue it to pray for her healing. We encourage Margaret and are thankful for the example she sets. Verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I love this, but it is a challenge. Let the message of Christ, this relevant, life-giving word, dwell among you richly. Let it reside, which means to live, lodge, Settle in us richly, become deep-rooted as we teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, singing to God with gratitude in our hearts at all times. In all seasons, we need to do this. Murray and I need to do this. We need to allow God, his message, lodge in our hearts and minds. And we need to choose to have an attitude of gratitude, to seek his wisdom and carry it out as we lead. It's a responsibility that we don't take lightly. In verse 17, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. He is the one. Our Lord Jesus is the one we serve. We do what we do to honour him to lift his name for his glory. I'm yours. May we leave this place today with his praise on our lips, understanding a little more, or perhaps a lot, just what a wonderful thing it is to belong to God and his family.
To be able to say, I'm yours, I choose you, I choose to live your way, I choose to deepen my relationship with you, I choose to do what it takes for that to happen. To get on my knees and repent, to open your word, to spend time in prayer, to make right a relationship, to regularly come to fellowship, to look out for someone who needs helping, to look past myself, to use encouraging words, to build up my children, to lead well in my home, to encourage my spouse. I'm yours. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.